Welcome to CS Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 141 of CS Radio. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. I'm Natty Leach. Natty, it's good to have you back. Episode 2 of you and your, your hostum. I'm trucking. Yeah. And um, we are very excited because once again this week we have a special guest with us. Hello! Hello, Sadie. <laughs> we have... Two Sadies in the room today. Oh my gosh. What it's, a rare it's treat. confusing already. We've got Sadie K, our producer, and we've got Sadie B, our guest. Hello. So, Sadie, please introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, everyone. So, yeah, my name's Sadie Butcher. I am a senior in the college, majoring in linguistics with a minor in American Sign Language. I've actually I've been with Career Services. This is my fourth year. I was an administrative assistant for my freshman and sophomore years. And then starting last year, my junior year, I began as a peer career advisor. And it's been such a blast. I love the office. And I'm so happy to be here. I was going to say, Sadie's been here almost as long as I Well, Sadie, we've obviously mentioned it on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. But for first-time listeners or new new fans who are tuning in just for, for Natty Leach, can you tell us what being a PCA is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So PCA stands for Peer Career Advisor. So basically what it is, we're just a team of some undergraduate students. We're here to support other undergraduate students who have like really just the basic career questions. We can help y'all with like navigating Handshake, how to find jobs, how to network, especially with document reviews. So cover letters, uh, resumes, those are like kind of the main things. But really we're just here to kind of help you guys quell some of your anxieties surrounding the career search and recruiting process especially at a place like Penn where it's so it can be very intense and I think there's a a lot of expectations that um, specifically within like finance and consulting I think that those expectations are then pushed on every student at Penn so we're kind of here to just help you guys feel a little more comfortable with career services as a whole and introduce you to some of the best resources that are available. And how's the beginning of the year been as a PCA? It seemed busy from... It, yeah. So I think the first couple of weeks were super busy. So I've only had uh, like three hours of pop-ins for each week. But the first couple of weeks, they were all filled up. So they're like 15-minute slots. So I had six people every single day, every single shift I was in. The past couple of weeks have slowed down a lot. So I have maybe like one or two people per shift. Yeah, as the career fairs pass and yeah. as midterms gear up, I think... Yeah, our our appointments in general dip, and certainly yeah. PCA drop-ins, but it'll ramp right back up again. I'm I'm certain. Yeah, pretty pretty soon. Yeah, as I think the leaves change. A lot of the big consulting deadlines, as those were approaching, yes. people were coming yes. in, in in waves. Yeah. So, what would you say are some of the most frequently asked questions you are getting as a PCA? Mm-hmm. Frequently asked questions. I think the biggest things are just like document reviews in general. People will come in looking to get like resume and cover letter reviews. And I think that's honestly one of the best things you can do probably. I think those are like the main requirements. Resumes at the very least. Every position you're going to apply to is going to require a resume. So having that review I think is one of the most important things. Those are the big questions. I think other things are just general introduction to career services resources. I literally had a freshman come in like second week into the semester who was just like, please give me a rundown of everything that career services has to offer. So yeah, but I would say those document reviews are like the biggest thing for sure. Yeah, those first appointments can be like, who are you? What do you do? Why are you <laughs> yeah. here? Help me. Yeah. Yeah, I was on a, a call today with a consultant actually, mm-hmm. and he asked like when do students start using career services is it like right away when they're freshmen or do they wait a little 
And I said one of the biggest changes we've seen in the last five years is how early we're seeing students. We used to sort of actively tell freshmen to, like, get acclimatized and not worry about us for at least the fall semester. Come see us in the spring and, you know, maybe you go home and be a a lifeguard or work at the ice cream shop after your freshman year. But particularly with the accelerated recruiting in the banks, if you want to have that internship after your sophomore year, you really do have to start getting ready right away. It's so much pressure to be interviewing the summer after your freshman year for something a year later and how much uh, do you have under your belt. So I said, yeah, we see them. As soon as they get accepted, they start calling us. Yeah, we've yeah. had sophomores in high school ask if they can be oh added. Oh, my gosh. We say, well, one step at a time. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's one of the, like, wildest things to me, especially I'm – so yeah, I'm in the college. I'm a Ling major, so the, like, positions that I'm looking into are not at all in, like, consulting or finance industries, but for those in particular, I feel like that – knowledge it's like a very visible thing on campus especially with on-campus recruiting on-campus interviewing in the office it's just a very visible thing i think that's a big reason why people in any other industry like have that like huge expectation for themselves especially very early on to be like oh my gosh everyone i know already has a position and i'm so far behind which is just not the case but yeah i don't remember where i was going with that <laughs> so what what do you see as some of the com- most common pitfalls or what's that piece of resume advice you yeah you tell yeah, exactly every single time exactly it feels oh like gosh. you forget if you told them already because you said it 10 minutes ago to someone else yeah i think okay number one i would say a lot of people come in having never looked at our resources before on the yeah. website and that's just we have like resources on our website we do have resources <laughs> on our website they're so so helpful the learn how to page you go down to prepare application documents, something like that. And there's like a bunch of helpful, just like a couple of paragraphs that kind of explain what these documents should look like. And then you also have templates on top of that. Samples. We stay away from the T word. (laughs) Samples, I should say. Yeah. So that's like the main thing that I'll point students towards, especially if they've never, like coming in as a freshman or any any year really, you've never like created one of these documents before for any position or anything that you're applying to. So that's the main thing. And then Beyond that, students who have already had resumes, or even if you haven't and you're just looking for like the biggest piece of advice, I would say like keeping things pretty high level when it comes to what you're writing in your bullets. So a lot of people will just write a list of their positions and they're like, this is the day-to-day thing that I did. And like, I I organized these documents and I answered phone calls and I did this. But then there's no connection to the greater skill set that you have or the greater like impact that you had in that position so i think that's the biggest thing i would say is not literally just giving a list of these are the positions i was in and these are the physical things that i did but having that more like high level conceptual connection to the skills that you utilized and developed and how you contributed to that position people's minds always go to responsibilities before they go to their achievements Mm -hmm. or their accomplishments or the things that really the things that make them hireable exactly Mm -hmm. and and it makes sense right you're looking at a job description a job description is telling you the qualifications you need and what the responsibilities of your job are going to be but really you want to be showcasing the highlights of your accomplishments what makes you stand out what did you do that was really actionable that a a recruiter or someone reading your resume that you can show them how you did something as opposed to just telling them day in day out exactly i think yeah the showing is the big part especially in the cover letters like yeah but i would say too i think a lot of people come in and they're like i know i have these skill sets but i don't know what i should say or what should i highlight and that's when i say okay then you can look at the job, job description in particular depending on the industry like it'll probably be very similar for a lot of the positions you're applying to 
But then you can look at that description and pick out specific like phrases or keywords and say, okay, what are they looking for in an applicant and how can I show that I have these qualities? Yeah, and in high school, you're probably seeing a lot of people who are transitioning their resume from exactly. their high school format that maybe they used in a pen application or something else to the more college-ready version. And the biggest difference mm-hmm. is you're doing more of that descriptive work. You're, you're exactly. showcasing yeah. those actions as opposed to just listing everything under the sun that you've done so far. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, let's, in, in, the, in the same vein, talking about listing responsibilities and skills from work experience, but what about extracurriculars? I mean, say I know that you are very active in the performing arts. I am, yeah. Right? That's something I've done, you know, programming on is like, well, I was in the theater. I don't know. I put that on a resume. Yeah. I said, well, there's all sorts of things. So, like, what do you tell what do you tell people about that section of their resume? Yeah. Number one, I would say, I think a lot of people, we've kind of talked about this, but I think a lot of people are like, if you're in the arts or if you're in particular industries or looking for a specific position, you have this idea in your head that career services is not for you. Yeah. And that's just not at all the case. We, we have so much, like, general knowledge and advice you can give general knowledge, but then also in any specific industry. So I would say specifically in performing arts, I always say for, yeah, performing arts in particular, highlight your, I don't know if you can call them presentation skills, but you're, what you're doing is you're going in front of a large, or not necessarily a large audience, but you're going in front of an audience presenting some information in some like way that is palatable to people. I think that's the main thing that I say is like, if you had some culminating performance. A lot of people just like write, oh, I had two performances at the end of the semester that I prepared for. So instead of just like saying, this is what I did, kind of like parse that apart and say, okay, how did I prepare for this? Like how many rehearsals did I go to? How many hours did I dedicate? What did I do to make sure that I was prepared for this? And then at the end, yes, I had this performance, but highlight, like I did it in front of all of these people and I did all this preparation for it. So like parsing it into those pieces as opposed to just saying, I went to rehearsal and then I had a performance, I think is the biggest advice right, I get. Right, right. No, it's absolutely true. You can. There's so much that goes into things like that. Time yeah. management, yes. right? Yes, public speaking, mm-hmm. right? Pre- presentational skills, communication skills. Yeah, and it's like everything that we do, whether it's in a class or in a club, mm-hmm. there's some way that that's go- you're going to bring something of that to whatever job you have, yeah. right? So this... This podcast is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. I have those skills from my performing arts background and talking to people mm-hmm. and not being afraid to hear myself talk, possibly my favorite thing. And, you know, being, having an interest in, in technology. So combining all of that and then packaging it for a career services role has been, you know, super beneficial. Yeah. I think people very much have this idea in their head, specifically, again, with performing arts things like the things that I learned or the things that I did aren't relevant to the positions that I'm applying to. And you can kind of say the same thing with classes. Like even if you're learning about things like specific topics that aren't necessarily applicable to your future career, you're still like either you're doing readings and then you're doing presentations or you're doing group work or these are all like things that you will have to do down the line in a career with whatever team you're on. So those are all just things that are important to highlight for sure. A question I get all the time is, I want to know what I'm qualified for. And, and so it, it's kind of the reverse thinking of 
I want to know what I've done, what that works for. Like, there's going to be one specific type of role that mm-hmm. all of your experiences culminate towards. And sometimes there is. That could be great. That could be a perfect fit for you. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you are looking at those transferable skills because so many of the things mm-hmm. that you do can be applicable to a broader skill set that could be applied to almost any job and lots of different jobs that are yeah. out there. So thinking through how you want to showcase and highlight how you're qualified for these yeah. roles is what's most important rather than thinking reverse of I'm only going to apply to the things that exactly. I think I'm qualified for. And I think and that's why in the resume we highlight so much like making the connection to the broader skill set and the broader transferable skills because like for me too, I'm my experiences so far outside of potentially in my classes for the positions I'm applying to, they're not really applicable in the particular like function of what I was doing or like the, the content. But when you look at it from a higher level you can you feel more qualified and you, you realize that you are more qualified than you might think that you are when you look at it from that higher higher level conceptually what's in the zeitgeist right now for I, students i need Penn? a definition what's in the <laughs> atmosphere what are people thinking about what's the um fall break fall break, fall break which is uh, upon us as we are recording Technically this starts it, it already tomorrow, happened but it kind of is like right now yeah it's 4 15 before fall break <laughs> yeah. it is it is fall break it's basically fall break yeah i don't know i i think again just going back to that like feeling the pressure of like needing to be applying to things and like needing to be on top of things right now especially since these like again in the consulting and finance industries, these deadlines for a lot of the larger firms have kind of passed and people are like getting their offers. I was literally just talking to my roommate yesterday who was like trying to figure out what to do past graduation. She was like, I haven't applied to anything yet. I don't even know what to do. And she's like planning on going into marketing. And I was like, okay, literally any industry or any any organization or company that you look at has a marketing department so you can find a position literally at any point throughout the year like it might not be in the exact like industry that you want but like there are always going to be opportunities out there I think that's like the biggest thing on people's mind right now is like we're, we're in like the middle in, in, like yes between sort of between recruiting rushes exactly exactly you have the early like August through October like mid-October maybe, mm-hmm. and then like this like winter-ish period is, is where you have that kind of break where the other firms haven't necessarily put out their, their positions yet. Yeah, and what you mentioned is a great point too about industry versus job function, mm-hmm. right? There are a lot of these things that you might be really interested in doing that are a job function that go into any industry. Yeah. I used to always use the example of marketing jobs for agriculture like for a farm or something. Sure. And I saw one of those jobs exactly in Handshake just a couple of weeks ago. It was like marketing and data an- analytics expert right. for agriculture. All of these, all, right, all of these industries have similar functions. Even, you know, we think about, again, the performing arts. You think about performers and musicians, but like those places absolutely need marketers yeah. and accountants and managers, yeah. you know, office administration people, all of that stuff, human resources, right? You're dealing with uh, unions at a professional level. So let alone the technical aspects of running a theater and, you know, lights and electronics and and carpentry and all of that. So yeah, yeah, you, you know, I've, I've talked to many, you know, a, a business student or a student in the college who wants to, you know, keep that in their lives, but they don't want to be performers and like, well, Look at this. The Kimmel yeah. Center needs a marketing director and mm-hmm. the Fringe Festival is looking for someone to manage fundraising. Like these are all things that you can do. Uh, so, yeah, industry and job function, I think, 
even in the career services world, like when we were building out our website yeah. with these industry communities, every once in a while we come across something and be like, oh, is that an industry or is it a job? You know, it's research. A, research. Marketing. Yeah. Human resources, right? Like that's a very like that's the I think to me is a kind of management and human resources. Those are really specific jobs that are also sort of their own. In, like everybody has those things and they're yeah. hyper specialized, you know, and being like a human resources person at Penn is not that different than being a human resources person at a museum or at yeah. a, an office because there's federal and state things that you need to know. But mm-hmm you can kind of pick the industry you want to be associated with in that job role. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool to think about those things separately, right? Like you might know that you really want to market. Do you want to be a marketer or work in marketing? But then splitting it out, do you want to work for an ad agency? Do you want to work for a big marketing firm that like farms out their marketing campaigns to tons of companies? Or do you want to, you love music and you want to work for a music production studio and do the marketing for them. Do you want to be part of a startup and launching a new platform or product? That's obviously, that's a huge part of being in a startup is being able to market your new thing. Yeah, how do people know about it? It's it's brand new. Yeah. And that point that you can like find your passion even within like the industry that you're here, not necessarily like I want to be involved in this particular way. Like, even just thinking about being an admin at career services, like you still need to have industry specific knowledge, even if you're not working in a function that you're like connecting people. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with that, but y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. Well, one of the biggest things I hear too is, especially so we, we hear consulting all the time. People want to go into consulting. Why do they want to go into consulting? Because they can be generalists and it's a broad field that can apply to a lot of different things. And that's a fair point. But there's lots of other roles that you can still apply to other jobs as you move forward with your career. So thinking about which ways you can navigate these are the skill sets that I'm going to be gaining from one job and how you can then apply that to the next, even if it's a totally different industry. Right. And just and keeping yourself open. I mean, I don't neither Natty or I went to school to be in career services. I was first what a music business majors? major. Music business? Yes. Nice, so I, nice. I very quickly thought about that uh, job function in industry, and I realized I was an okay performer, but probably not an amazing mm-hmm. performer. So I was like, what can I do on the, the business side of that industry? But I ended up transferring out to be communications. <laughs> I still hold music business close to my heart, even though yeah. I was in it for only like a year and a little, because I still kind of held close to that with a lot of the courses that I took and things mm-hmm. that I did for internships. But obviously, I'm not working in the music industry right <laughs> now. But a lot of those skills helped apply for me, helped apply to the things I was looking for within higher education even. I was able to talk about the different experiences I had mm-hmm. connecting and communicating to people about different tours that were going on when I was working at at a music management company or talking through looking at the different details of the royalties that the band was making from Spotify. So you still gain all these different types of skills across Mm -hmm. that industry. You're like a guitarist, vocalist. Did did you guess just by looking at me? I feel like maybe I saw some video at some point in the career services team. I don't know why I have that in my head, but it's also like very video. I have played guitar before you around have? career service. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know there was video of it, so I don't know, know if there's a video. Worried. I could just be entirely making that up. Uh, <laughs> in the show notes, I'll find. Oh it. boy! At the last uh, time we had an in-person holiday party, Natty and John Tuton and I were a little mini band, and I sang and they played. Wow. We did what some holiday. We, we did some holiday. John is a bassist. 
Oh, wow. Like bass guitar. Yeah. Wow. And upright bass. Really? Yeah. He's wow. a very talented very musician. Good. He also is an amazing banjo player. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That seems like very on brand for John. Yes. <laughs> and John has done more than one custom banjo song for wow. a, a birthday or a, a departure oh. or something. He's a true renaissance. Man. And I feel yes. I now I feel compelled to note that though this will air next week, today was John's last day with yeah. us retiring and and sailing off into his 80s in absolute style. Wow. He is retiring to go on tour with his college band. No. 100% true. That's so cool. Yeah. I literally, I was coming, I mean, I got out of class a bit early, so I was like near career services around three, and I saw Leon and Ashley helping John carry his stuff out to like under the bridge, and Leon was like, hey, you want to lend a hand? And I was like, yeah, what's going on? He was like, John's moving out. Yeah. I was like, wow, I was not aware of that. Yeah. So we we will miss John, but yeah, the many many talents in the oh, career services sure. office. Among the things you saw leaving his office were pieces of his his art that he does. Yes. He has a lot of really cool driftwood pieces that he's made into furniture that. and different pieces like that that are amazing. He has he has so many talents; it's impossible to name them all. Wow. So yeah, so we will miss we will miss John, but yes, this office is full this full of hidden talents and and people who found their way into career services. So we have only a handful of people who like went to school even for uh, advising, but have all are all drawn to 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 this office. So yeah. you never know what's you never know what's out there. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely applied to career services again. I started freshman August, so extremely early on and I was just like I need a work study position. I need to start working right away and kind of like stumbled into career services. And now, obviously, like, like I just love the office culture, and this it's just a great environment. And then getting into the PCA position, I have now realized I actually very much enjoy talking to students and connecting with students and sharing information and resources. See? So, yeah, sometimes things just happen and work out, and they push you in one direction or the other. So. Do you mean literally stumbled in? Did you just kind of walk into <laughs> That's what no, I did for my I applied with show. a purpose. <laughs> I did apply with a purpose. But, Yeah. I just walked. Tell I'm that not, story. Yeah. I'm not a gym person. I just walked in the gym. I was like, "You guys hiring?" When I was a freshman, and no. they're like, "Oh yeah, here." And it nice. happened to be just this random. It was the equipment room of the gym, so it wasn't oh. even the front desk. It wasn't. <laughs> it was this very specific office that rented out basketballs uh-huh. and made sure all the jerseys were set for the ba- for whatever team, the basketball team, whoever, the baseball team as well. So it was a really specific job that I just kind of walked in and said, "You guys hiring?" Completely randomly, and I I did that for my first few years wow. in college as kind of just some extra cash. Nice. That's how it happens. Well, Sadie, if someone wants to take advantage of your love of talking to students, um, how can they uh, connect with you? Yes. So peer career advisors, you can literally walk in at any time. I actually am not positive. It used to be 9 to 5 p.m., 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., but I don't think that we have those full hours anymore. But definitely from noon to 5, I believe, Monday through Friday. My personal pop-in hours for this semester are Wednesdays and Thursdays from 3.30 to 5. So you can book an appointment under same-day advising on Handshake. Again, you have to do that the day of the appointment. Or you can just walk in and we can book you an appointment that day. I would recommend going on Handshake to book, though, just in case it happens to be They do fill up because it will. After fall break is over, the pendulum will swing back a little bit. Oh, any any break because people people go home and then their parents stress them out. (laughs) Yeah. Thanksgiving's They're another like, big what are you one. Doing? Yeah, I was going to Thanksgiving for sure. You go home and your uncle's like, "What are you doing with your life?" And you have yeah. to you have to give him an answer. What are you doing, uncle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, Sadie, we have two questions uh-huh. that we ask everybody that comes on the show. And, nervous. <laughs> and you've touched on this a little bit. You know, most, most of our guests uh, are already out in the uh, world, so we asked mm-hmm. them if they could have any other job. But what is your dream job? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know right now. I think, so I mentioned I'm a linguistics major. That major, people who, like, once you get out of that, most people end up, going into academia in some way. So you like continue doing research and you just do research as long as you can until you can start doing it under a university and then you try to get tenure so that you can be a professor. And that's not my, <laughs> that's not what I want to do even a little bit. So it's really, it's been an interesting journey for me over the past year, kind of figuring out what I actually do want to do. Currently, I know for a fact I want to go in policy in some way, social policy, specifically K through 12 education, potentially something like working with low income people. So... That's my general goal right now, working at some kind of think tank, doing research, proposing policy, writing policy memos. So that's my big goal. I don't know what my dream job is. Probably some director of some education thing. (laughs) But I don't know what that is at this point. I kind of still have to feel out what my exact passions are. And our second question, if you could have your own podcast, (laughs) what would it be about? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I like, I don't know that I'm knowledgeable enough about any one thing to like. There's plenty have a of whole podcasts podcast. <laughs> like ours where people aren't as knowledgeable as That's they'd fair. like to be anyway. Let's see. Well, I'm in an acapella group and I do a, a crap ton of acapella. So I'd probably do that and like just talk to you about other acapella groups and like review releases. If not that, I also kind of watch a lot of TV. So I'd probably do some kind of like review. And I don't, I don't consider myself a critic, but. I do give a lot of critiques and a lot of criticism when I'm just like talking with my friends about shows. I have a bit of I have a bit of an eye or an ear for that. So I don't know, something along one of those two very divergent paths, most likely. What's the worst show you've seen recently? Um, do you know the Blacklist? Yes. With, I... What's his name? Uh, James Spader. James Spader. He's an amazing actor. The show, it's network television. It was on at CBS. No, NBC. NBC. I, I, NBC. I only just last night saw a commercial for it. I went, that is still yeah, on? I, had the same I thought it was over. <laughs> no, it's still oh, on. I saw, saw a commercial for the season premiere, and I was like, that's got to be like died, 10 years. So she died. Over. Doesn't mean he did. Wow. They, they keep going. They'll keep going as long as he wants to cash that paycheck. Wow. Yeah, I watched like a full four seasons, and then I kind of realized I was like, "Why am I doing this to myself?" It's a bad show. It's a bad show. It's just so on the nose. They have a lot. They have enough mysteries there. You think? Like, yeah, they get you hooked, and he's yes, and and he's very compelling, but they never answer anything. Yeah, it's just it's not great TV, (laughs) but I was hooked on it for some reason. Probably James Spader. He's a so James would like you. Sorry, we don't like the blacklist if you're listening, but. But I'm a supporter. I'm a fan. <laughs> Loved you on the practice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Sadie, thank you so much for being a guest. Thanks for being such yeah. an awesome work study and PCA. Aww, We're so lucky to have you. And thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. And maybe we'll have you on again before graduation oh time. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Don't say that word. <laughs> thank you. No, it was so nice to talk to you guys. And, yeah, I'm so passionate about this, like, position. So I'm – also, I didn't say, yes, you can connect with me via Handshake. But also, if y'all want to, like, email me personally or any other <laughs> – form of reaching out to me in a personal way i will always respond we will put a link to sadie's profile on the career services website in the show notes uh which will have a a link right to the appointment module but also her contact information yes i would love to see y'all in the office 
Thanks right. so much for having me. Thank you, Sadie. Yeah. And we'll see you all next time on CS Radio. This podcast is a presentation of University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of Penn University Life. It was created by J. Michael DeAngelis and A. Milan Kirshner and produced and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Natty Leach. It is mixed and edited by Sadie Kyler. If you like this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podkit Chaser, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.